Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They're longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about Dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first-time partners. Hang in there, big guy. There'll be brighter days ahead. Now these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk. Get the hell off of my doorstep. Major League Baseball, you stink. It's Willard and Dibs <laughs> on 95.7 The Game. My guy, Kyle Madsen, in today for Mark Willard as we are turning the page from Dallas to Philadelphia, getting ready for the NFC Championship game, Niners at Eagles, 12 o'clock noon. First, let's start there, Kyle. Noon kick. How do you feel about a noon kick? I, I know you've got pregame duties. You write for Niners Nation. Niners you've, Wire. Uh, three, two, and one. Kyle, I know you uh, You got pregame duties. You write for Niners Wire. Mm-hmm. Niners Wire, uh, very busy, Kyle, very busy. How do you feel about a noon kick? I appreciate the noon kick. Oh, just pushes the schedule back a couple hours. It's all good. And I just watched football on the East Coast this past weekend. I got to admit, didn't hate it. I thought for sure I was going to hate having to wait till 3 o'clock for that first kickoff. Oh, because you were in Orlando. Correct, yeah, but it wasn't. it wasn't as bad as I was anticipating. Having the game be a little bit later. So yeah. it was a 6.30 for you, right? Yeah, 6.30 Niners kick, yeah. That was a little bit brutal cause just because it ends so late. But having to wait all day, I've always looked at the East Coast and gone, man, that must stink. On a regular Sunday, you're waiting till 1 o'clock for football to come on. Right. But, man, I was so productive. I was, I, I went out and got stuff. I was home and played some cards before before the first kickoff. It was great. What'd you play? A little cribbage. Okay. Cribbage. Big cribbage family. So do you travel with your own cribbage board? Seriously, yeah, of course. P knuckles on the phone. Yeah. Cribbage, you play two bridge. Of cards. Two no, decks, no bridge, no bridge, just cribbage. Two decks of standard cards, and yeah. then it's just you move the little pegs around the deal and yeah, the whole of thing. Fifteen, two, four pairs. Yeah, I, I my, my parents played cribbage, and they were both born in the thirties. So uh, yes, I love the old my, people. My grandma plays. She was born. You, in the there 30s. you go. Look at that. And you play with your wife and your other friends. You all play cribbage. Uh, my family, yeah. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of weird. It's a little bit of a niche game, right? But like my very niche. En- my entire family collectively plays it and came together separately on it. Like it wasn't like we all started playing together. Everybody just happened to play. So now it's kind of a family wide thing. It's great. Nice. Kyle's in for uh, Mark today. It's Willard and Dibs ninety five seven. The game. Line it up. We'd love to hear from you. Triple eight nine five seven. 9570, where are you with this Niners-Eagles game as we sit on Wednesday? Wednesday, traditionally, in Sports Talk Radio. In the football season is where we turn our attention 
from the game that happened to the game that's going to happen. And Kyle, you and I are kind of both in the same sphere in terms of how we're feeling about this game going in. Both cautiously, I don't know about cautiously pessimistic, but certainly a a healthy fear of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the first game I've gone into since week seven against Kansas City where I've thought the Niners aren't going to just roll this team. Like that's just kind of that's that's what it is. It's not oh they can't win, oh they're not going to win. It's nothing like that. It's just they haven't gone into a game since they boat raced Miami. And then they they beat the Saints and then it was Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay wasn't really any good. This is just the best opponent they've played in 4 months. Right, the best opponent and maybe the best defense as much as we talked yeah. about Dallas's defense and we we looked at what the Dallas Cowboys defense had, had done for the majority of the year when you you look at Philadelphia's defense their defensive line is nasty. They've got mm-hmm. game wreckers up front, and then you look at their depth chart, the second stringers, the third stringers. I think they have seven first-round picks on their defensive yeah. line, which is almost mind-boggling to think about in terms of the depth. Yeah, when especially when you talk about the Niners' defensive line. Like in 2019, that was a big deal. It was DeForest Buckner and... And Nick Bosa and D Ford and Eric Armstead, like, wow, look at all these high draft picks. The Eagles have twice as many. Right. That's insane. And you got Indomitian Sue listed as your third stringer, so you can bring him in for, you know, 20 snaps or whatever. And he's That's still crazy. He's probably a, a guy who's on a Hall of Fame track. Yeah. Jordan Davis, who they took out of Georgia with the 13th pick this year, is like, eh. Yeah, you can get some snaps here and there. Yeah. He's a really good player. If we find time. Brian yeah. Baldinger on with the morning roast yesterday gave the Eagles plenty of respect. They're not as fast. They're more powerful up front. That's the best defensive line in football. And they're the Eagles. They're eight deep. Yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, that's, yeah, they, that's the best. Okay. I mean, I'm not knocking the 49ers, no, no, but that's no, the best defense line in football. Okay. Yeah, they, they, the 49ers don't have an inside presence the way the Eagles have in Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. Yeah. And when they put Brandon Graham in there, like they've got six legitimate guys that can beat you one-on-one or can just crush you from anywhere. So they'll see a better defensive front, but they won't see a faster defense than what they just saw on Sunday. Better defensive front, faster and nasty in the interior. And we'll get into this as the show goes on because my number one area of concern is the Niners' interior three, the Killer Bees, who've been great, by the way, over the last eight to ten weeks. They've really come into their own. But the Niner guard-center-guard combo against the Philadelphia Eagles' interior, the defensive line, their front four, that to me might be where this game is won, both in the run game and in the pass game. Yeah, and I don't want to, like, dive super far in, right? On the, like, A-gap. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> Larry Kruger coming on at 9.30. Let's get your Kruger on. No, but it's it's as simple as when the middle of the pocket blows up, it's just really hard to do anything. Right. You saw that in the first half against Dallas, and they started to figure it out a little bit in the second half, which gives me a little bit of optimism going into this week. But if if Philly is pressuring Brock Purdy on half of his dropbacks and any run up the middle is just destined to go nowhere. Like that's that just becomes really hard even with Kyle Shanahan, even with all these weapons. It's just really hard to see a team moving the ball consistently and effectively 
when they're get, when when a team's going to get interior pressure on them. Yeah, interior pressure on any quarterback, but especially a rookie quarterback. And when you look at what uh, Philadelphia does off the edge as well, you could be looking at a game where the Niners are unable to, to, to really set up and pass the ball. And the one thing that the Niners can do against Philadelphia's defense is exploit the linebackers. But you got to have time for the crossing routes unless you're going to use the tight end exclusively in order to get wide receivers over the middle. You're going to have to have time. And I do think that the big key for the Niners is time and the ability to to get the lead and be ahead of the sticks and not have to really rely on passing the ball. If you're going to be in third and seven, third and eight, and Philadelphia can pin their ears back, they've got a great secondary. That would put Brock Purdy in a tough spot. Yeah, and I thought, I, I don't know where you land on this, and I don't know if this is, I don't think this is a hot take, but last week was Brock Purdy's worst game as a pro. And now he steps into a spot where historically... Rookies just haven't performed well in conference title games. It's only happened a handful of times, but a rookie's never won a conference title game as a starter. They have not played well. And that's where I think my other concern comes in is not only do you have this rookie quarterback in a, in a huge spot yeah. where history is not on his side, but now they're playing a team that might be more talented than the one that gave him more trouble last week. Like this is just such a monumental task for Kyle Shanahan in this offense. And if anybody's going to figure it out, it's them. And that's why there's that piece of me that that's optimistic because Kyle Shanahan has all the same concerns we do. Yes. And he's smart enough to figure out how to combat those concerns. Maybe smarter than you and I. I'm not I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe. It's I'm on not, the table. Yeah, I'm not ready to to confirm <laughs> that, but uh Kyle, our Kyle, Kyle Madsen in for Mark Willard. He did a deep dive on rookie quarterbacks in this spot. We're going to break that down coming up on the other side. 888-957-9570. It's your chance to get in and weigh in on the Niners taking on the Eagles. We got a big show for you. Cam Inman, Eric Hasseltine, play-by-play announcer for the Memphis Grizzlies. He comes on at 11. Dr. Brian Feely from UCSF at 11.30 will get into all the injuries as it pertains to the NFC Championship game. It's Willard and Dibbs, Kyle Madsen. Now, back to Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Welcome in, Kyle Madsen in for Mark Willard today. It is a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by SFO. Go to flysfo.com slash winter for your chance to win $1,000 towards a nonstop flight from SFO today. We've got the Warriors and Grizzlies tonight from Chase Center. We'll get into that as the show goes on. Eric Hasseltine joins us at 11 o'clock. we got Cam Inman coming up at 10. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Kyle Madsen joining me here. Mark Willard is out. And we're going to talk about the rookie quarterbacks and their ability to make hay in this round. Because, uh, Kyle, the uh, track record, not great for rookies in terms of winning the conference championship game at quarterback and going to the Super Bowl. I'd call it bad. You think 0 and 4 is bad? Yeah, I think it's it's it, it not only 0 and 4, but just just didn't like not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning not great. Yeah, like okay. bad, like like terrible. Okay. So not only are they 0 and 4, but only one of those losses has been by single digits, 
and that was Sean King in 1999. Well, let's go through these one by one okay, because I, I do think it's an interesting way to look at it, the historical comparative mm-hmm. value of these rookie quarterbacks in this spot because you've got on the list, you've got one Hall of Famer, you've got two eventual Super Bowl champs, You've got one butt fumble victim, and then you've got a friend of the station in, in Sean King. But let's start with Sean King, who was a rookie quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think he also is a Super Bowl champ, uh, but he wasn't the starter on that Tampa team. Was he still on the Tampa team that won the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, he sure was. In so three Super Bowl champs, in fact, even though like Jimmy Garoppolo two has a Super ring. Yeah. Jimmy, yeah, two Jim, of them. Jimmy Garoppolo's got a couple of rings, so... That needs to be pointed out. But let's start with Sean King and how he did as we try to project on how Brock Purdy will do this Sunday based on historical performances of rookies. So Sean King had five starts his rookie year. He went four and one. He's playing pretty well. And that Tampa team in 99 was really good defensively. They gave up 14.7 points a game. That was third in the league. And that was that dominant Tampa Bay defense that eventually went on to beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl. But... Sean King in that game, in the NFC Championship against against the Rams, Tampa Bay loses 11-6. 11-6. The Rams got the At safety. Home or in L.A.? In St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Louis. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here Three, we go. two, one. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they lose that game 11-6. The Rams got a late touchdown uh, to win that one. But Sean King, 13 of 29, 163 yards, two interceptions against the greatest show on turf. And that's with a defense that uh, was designed to keep them in the game, which they did, and a defense that kept the greatest show on turf down, which they did, but Sean King was unable to make the plays necessary to go out there and win the football game. That's kind of my biggest concern like with Brock Purdy. Like Brock Purdy's been better than Sean King. Like Don't get me wrong. Right. But that's my biggest concern of this game. It's like, man, the Niners' defense did what it had to do. They gave up a big play here and a big play there, but for the most part, you know, they held the Eagles to 20 points. And it's just, yeah, Purdy just couldn't couldn't get him over the hump. They lose 20 to 14. Yeah, QB rating of uh, 34.1 in that football game. And uh, he actually fumbled twice in the game, was able to get one of them back. Sean King, the moment was too big. And Tampa Bay, probably the second best team in football that year, especially in terms of their defense. And we know that they would go on to be Super Bowl champions in subsequent years. But Sean King, as a rookie kind of had his chariot turn into a pumpkin, and so rookies in this spot, 0 for 1 at that point. Let's skip ahead a little bit to the greatest rookie season in quarterback history. Big Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger for Pittsburgh had a rookie year that you would dream about, yet his chariot also got pumpkinized in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, you think Brock Purdy going 5-0 and in the regular season was impressive? I'll give you 6-0. I'll give you the Dolphins game even. You think that's impressive? Ben Very impressive. 13-0. and As a what? rookie starter, 13-0. That's what I said. As a first-round pick in 2004. Well, they didn't play anyone that year. They had a weak <laughs> schedule. As we Brock Purdy it. You Famously know. weak schedule, for totally. sure. They go at home. They face the New England Patriots. They lose 41-27. to So they did put up 27 points. But Ben Roethlisberger, not great. 14 of 24, 226 yards, two touchdowns. He threw three interceptions. So, so far through the two games, we have two touchdowns and five interceptions for rookie QBs in conference title games. Yeah, and three, uh, you mentioned the three picks, the one fumble for Big Ben, only 226 yards. 
uh, 14 to 24. And again, a game that we might see emulated. It would be an emulation sensation if Kyle Shanahan follows a similar kind of blueprint in terms of the run pass mix because. You know, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't really entrusted to throw the ball a lot in that game. They fell behind 24-3 to at the half, and then you had to turn to Big Ben to try to lead you back. Jerome Bettis with a touchdown. Corey Dillon made it 31-10. to That game was never close, and that sort of a format is what I think scares you the most about this possible game against Philadelphia because New England led... 3-0, then 10-0. Jeff Reed gets a field goal at the end of the first to make it 10-3. But after that, it was all New England all the time. And if you think about how the Niners can protect Brock Purdy mm-hmm. and put him in the best position to win, you cannot afford to fall behind, let alone 24-3 like Pittsburgh did on that game against New England. In New England, by the way. Actually, it was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, at Pittsburgh. At Heinz Field. Yep. My mistake. So, I actually kind of think... If Brock Purdy's only throwing it 24 times, that's really good for San Francisco. Because you mentioned the Steelers were down 24-3 at the half, and Ben still only threw it 24 times. They did not, Bill Coward did not have faith that Ben Roethlisberger was going to go make plays for his offense to get them back into that game. They were going to rely on their run game and their defense. I think the Niners, if they get down two touchdowns, I think you see Purdy drop back 40-41 times trying to get them back into the game. It's not going to be if it's if he's throwing 24 passes, I think that's really ideal for the 49ers because that means whatever they're doing on the ground is working. Absolutely. And I wonder about Kyle Shanahan in terms of abandoning the run because we look at a team like the 49ers and they're so good at running the football, especially in the second half of games. And look at the Dallas game where they got bottled up through two, even three quarters. They turned to Eli Mitchell, and they changed their run scheme. They ran a lot less of the traditional zone read. They went to classic power. I was listening to Low Neal with Steiny and Guru talking about 40 power and 50 power. and just I bet he loved it. Oh, yeah. And, and Low Neal was just Exactly. He was totally eaten. And they didn't do Go a lot of fullback Gibson. lead, but it was a lot of power where you pull the guard and you just try to you know out number the defense in a certain side of the formation in a certain hole and you just stick it up in there and Eli and Eli Mitchell was able to make hay and get positive yardage but I wonder if the Niners do fall behind sorry Jim if they do fall behind if Kyle has the confidence in the run game to stay with it knowing that it's easier to make up ground through the air because the clock won't won't spin as fast They had three possessions in the second half, the Niners did. And their first two took more than 14 minutes off the clock. That's the exact game plan they need to have against Philly. Because I think Jalen Hurts, no matter how you defend him, no matter how banged up he is, like that offense is just stacked. Their offensive line is so freaking good. And I think that's, I I think you're you're absolutely right. They're going to look at what they did against Dallas, and that's what they're going to come out and try first. And they'll make adjustments. I think that's one of the, the, The things Kyle Shanahan is best at is saying, hey, this is not working. We're scrapping this at the half and going with something different. Yeah. And that's, I I think there's a lot of coaches who are afraid to do that. And I wonder how much confidence he will have in Brock Purdy. It seems like he's had more confidence in Brock Purdy than he has in Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you fall behind by a couple of scores at halftime, I wonder how the adjustment is made. The Road to Glendale brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com to apply today. This is sponsored by calhope.org. It's Willard and Dibbs. Kyle Madsen in for Willard today. And we're looking at the history of rookie quarterbacks 
in a conference championship game. Sean King lost. Ben Roethlisberger lost. Let's skip ahead to Joe Flacco. It was 2009, Baltimore on the road against Pittsburgh. Joe Flacco, a rookie. He'd already won two playoff games. How do you do, Kyle? Not great. Not great, Dan. <laughs> back, <laughs> to you. back to you, Dan. Totally. <laughs> uh, 23 to 14, the Ravens lose that one. Joe Flacco, 13 of 30. That's not good, Kyle. That's actively bad. If you're a baseball player, you're a Hall of Famer going 13 for 30. Scott Rowland of the NFL uh, is what I've often called it, Joe Flacco. It. 13 of 30, 141 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah, wow. And a quarterback rating of 18. Point two, which is uh, not very good. That's that's lower than Jordan Poole's points per game. And I do know Jordan Poole before we, we before you throw <laughs> before priest in my face. Exactly, Jordan Poole. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I, we've never met. Uh, Thirteen for thirty. And you look at the team stats. Pittsburgh got eleven first downs in that game, and they won. It's because Joe Flacco continually gave them the football in a game where. Uh, Pittsburgh led 13 to 7 and then they made it 16 to 7 and ultimately Baltimore could get nothing going offensively in a game that ended Joe Flacco's rookie career. Yeah, 13 of 30, 141 yards, three picks. Like that's the kind of game where you see those numbers and you, and and it's presented like okay, hey, here's this rookie and he's playing in this spot. My concern that Brett for uh, about Brock Purdy on Sunday is so far away from him going 13 of 30 for a buck 41 and exactly days. like it's not going to be that dire he might struggle a little bit it might look like it did against the cowboys he might throw a pick or two but i don't think we're going to walk away from this game going he completed less than 50 percent of his throws he turned it over three plus times that that i think is is when you're looking at the scope of these performances and you try and fit purdy into one of these categories saying does he line up with one of these guys historically? That's one I'm taking off the table. I just don't think Kyle Shanahan or the Niners offense or Brock Purdy himself is susceptible to that kind of to that kind of showing. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. What are you expecting from Brock Purdy in this NFC championship game? What kind of a game do you think Kyle Shanahan is going to call? We know that ideally the Niners would run it more than thirty times. They win the majority of their games when they run it. 30 or more times. Winning the turnover battle goes without saying. That to me is sports talk radio low-hanging fruit because almost every game where you win the turnover battle, you're going to win the game. Although I do go back to the 1982 NFC Championship game, which, yes, Mike Silver, I know, was the 81 season, but the game was played (laughs) in 1982. The Niners lost the turnover battle. They were a minus three in the turnover battle, and they won the game. That's more of an anomaly than it is the trend. Joe Montana, sneaky bad in that game, by the way. No, he was terrible. I had never I had never seen it before. And then it was on NFL Network one year. I was home from college, so I'm 18, 19 years old. I'd never watched the, the full game. And my mom's like, you know, my mom, huge Niner fan, is like, hey, the catch game is on. We're watching it. And I was like, great. Montana, interception. Montana, interception. I'm like, this is the guy? Montana fumble, this too. Is the, like, this is brutal. And then Eric Wright never gets enough credit for that tackle yeah. on uh, on Drew Pearson there at the end. All we think about is the catch, as we should. It's the single greatest play, I would say, in Bay Area sports history. There's other plays, mm-hmm. like the Ishikawa walk-off home run. Sure. That's a play where you could look at the actual play itself. Cal Stanford, that play was an incredible one, but the catch may stand alone as the greatest play 
in Bay Area history. And I think it's I think it's kind of there because Montana wasn't great in that game. It wasn't like, man, he just diced up the Cowboys and, oh, he did it again for the winner. Right. I know. He just he had turned it over a bunch of times, and that play it looked like he was it looked like he was throwing the ball out of the back of the end zone, and it yeah. turns into a touchdown that kind of alters the course of NFL Four history. Four turnovers for Montana, six for the team. They turned it over six times Oof. and won that football game. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. We'd love to hear from you today on the Xfinity Mobile Text line, also the phone line, it's the same number. We talked about rookie quarterbacks. So far, three rookies in the conference championship game. Loss, loss, loss. Mark Sanchez. What a run as the Jets' rookie quarterback. They beat Cincinnati in the wild card round. They beat San Diego, as Lowe would say, 17-14 in the divisional round. How'd they do against Indy and Peyton Manning in the conference championship game? Yeah, so they went to, was it the RCA Dome, I believe it was at the time, and they Correct, fell 30-17 yeah. to 17 to Indy. Mark Sanchez, the number five overall pick that, that year, actually had the best game of any of these rookies. And this is the kind of game I could absolutely see Brock Purdy having. He was 17 of 30, 257 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. If I'm getting that from, from Brock Purdy on Sunday, I think I would take it. I think if you just hand me that stat line and say, hey, here's what he does, I think I'm taking it. Right now. Right now. Two touchdowns and a pick, 17 of 30, about 240. Yeah, I'm taking that. Is that enough, though, to beat Philadelphia? Yeah, because I think if he's doing that, I think it means the Niners are running the ball pretty well. Like 30 30 times, that means he's had to throw it a little bit. Maybe the Niners' game script comes out a little more pass-heavy because they're expecting Philly to be stacking the box, and so they're trying to get him with some play action. But I don't think it's the end of the world if he's throwing it 30 times. You'd like to see him complete more than 17 of them. Right. But maybe there's some screens that he dirts. Maybe there's a couple of throwaways in there. But you're getting 257 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Okay, so he throws a pick. Philly's got a couple of really good corners. I'm taking that. No, no doubt. And I, I think what you just mentioned about him dirting a couple of screens is what he's done so well. Brian Baldinger came on with a morning roast yesterday and talked about some of the great decision-making and the poise that Brock Purdy has shown. The kid is just, poise is, is a word. But this guy doesn't blink. Like, to me, he looks like he doesn't even work up a sweat. Mm-mm. Yet he's making all these throws and making all these plays. Poise is a five-letter word. Uh, moxie, also five letters. M-O-X-I-E. These are things that have been purdy, five letters. It all kind of works in a uh, symbolic, mathematical combination. Super, also five letters. It is, and if he wins one more, he goes to the Super Bowl. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bowel is five, bowls only four, <laughs> so we should leave that so, alone. So, so I, I kind of think that, that when we talk about Brock Purdy like not playing well against Dallas, right. like statistically... Not not a great game, not a terrible game, but not great. We saw him, you know, that that play in the red zone where he rolled left, and there were defenders in his face. So he turned his back to the end zone and sprinted mm. the other way, and then Scary. almost fell down. It's like, what are you doing? But what are you doing? <laughs> I think the most impressive thing for Brock Purdy, and this has been the case. This was the case in Seattle. I think it was the case against against the 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 Commanders, where he didn't play great in the first half, and and, and certainly against the Cowboys. We've seen him time and time again struggle a little bit in these games, but he never spirals. Right. He never gets out of control where it's like, hey, bad throws on three consecutive series, but that fourth series doesn't turn into a disaster. You're always kind of expecting this bounce back from him. And that's just, that's something that I would never think would come from a rookie. Like you're expecting that from Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, right. these, these veterans, not comparing him to those guys, but just the vets who have been around who make mistakes and you're thinking, okay, they'll bounce back. That's what Purdy's done, and that, to me, out of everything, has been so impressive. And that has less nothing to do with the coaching. That's nothing to do with the talent around him. That's just him as a player. Right. And that's where, you know, Baldy was talking about poise, and many people have talked about his moxie and his confidence and all the rest of it. And you look at his stat line, just four interceptions on the year. He's been remarkable. 13 touchdowns in the regular season, three more in the postseason. And so... You think about if things go bad for the Niners, you fall behind, and Brock Purdy struggles early in the football game. How do they find their way out of it? And I don't foresee Brock Purdy going into panic mode, and I think Mark Sanchez is a great comp to it because if you look at the next year for Mark Sanchez, he had three playoff road games again. He won the first two, lost the third, and then his career from there kind of fizzled, but that same sort of confidence that Mark Sanchez had early in his career, you see from Brock Purdy. And Mark Sanchez was more of a disaster than Brock Purdy was at times. No doubt. Like Sanchez, and I think that's a really also bad less the offense, yeah, exactly. And the offense was less built to overcome deficits. And you know, if you look back at Mark Sanchez actually in that first AFC championship game, they led Peyton Manning in that football game. They're up 17 to 6 and Oof. and you know the the Jets had complete control of that game and then Peyton Manning and company scored the last 24 points and went on to the Super Bowl from there but no rookie quarterback has ever won a conference championship game which is why we wanted to bring up these comps of Sean King, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco and Mark Sanchez. 888-957-9570 is your phone number. It's also the number on the Xfinity mobile text line give us a call give us a text we'd love to hear from you from the 415 can't stand the cowboys but they have good d purdy did find in the 530 who cares about trends i don't think that we're bringing up the trends to say brock's gonna lose the trends are the trends i think from a historical perspective it's interesting to note that brock purdy is doing something that only four quarterbacks have done before him that to me is remarkable. I also think that when you look at these like historically, 
Mark Sanchez, I mentioned that he had the best game of, of that group. Not a super high bar to clear. But in the wild card round at Cincinnati, Mark Sanchez, 12 of 15 for a buck 82 and a touchdown. At San Diego, in that game that you mentioned, in the in the divisional round, they win 17-14, 12 of 23 for 100 yards. Yeah. And a touchdown and a pick. Like, Brock Purdy's better than than all of these guys. Not Let me take that back. Not necessarily better, but he's been utilized more. His workload has right. been much heavier. So he has a, a larger, I think, NFL kind of um, resume to fall back on. And it wouldn't surprise me if he comes out. Not only would it not surprise me if they won, but it would not surprise me if he just has a performance that just blows every single one that we just went over out of the water. Like, yeah. that's why this matters to me. And I think when you look at the quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback, most likely, than yes. Brock Purdy will All ever be. But in that time and with that team, you had Jerome Bettis. Mm-hmm. So you weren't going to look at Ben Roethlisberger and say, we need you to throw it 40 times. You had a defense and you had an offense built around Jerome Bettis to where Ben Roethlisberger was not going to be expected to make the plays that Brock Purdy likely will have to make. 888-957-9570. Cam Inman up in five minutes, but first, Angry Black in San Jose wants to weigh in. What's going on, my friend? My man Dibs and a Causeway Classic kid. Hey, I remember those days, but here's the thing. Dibs, I can't wait till this game gets played because I'm kind of up to my neck now with most of the on-air personality at 95.7, and I'm not putting you in this category because you have a mindset that, you know, hey, it could go either way, and I think Shasky's in that same boat. But most of these other guys got this game won by the Niners, or there's no way they can lose. Here's my question. What happens if the Niners and Brock Purdy play a very, very put-together tight game and they still lose? What are these guys going to say then? Okay, it's just it's just kind of get the game played so we can get it shut up one way or the other. I appreciate you guys, and I love you the best. You're the best, man. We go way back. Yes, thank you, Angry. I appreciate the call and the Causeway Classic kid. Actually, I met Kyle at a Causeway Classic, uh, Sacramento State, UC Davis, back in 2000. And <laughs> you were just a kid, uh, just a young little G, eating value packs. And uh, I think I gave you five or ten minutes. I, I gave you some wisdoms well, at the time. I, I, f- I feel like we'd met with the ports first. Okay, yeah, you're before right. Before that. Yeah. We worked a little yeah. there, but yeah. Shout no, out my single-A baseball career. You still took some time. I, you, took, you still took time at those, even with your monogrammed uh, suit jacket. Oh, look at you. Which I yeah. just thought was oh unbelievable. It's this brown suit jacket. It's so Thank sick. You. It's a Dan Dibley and then the Italian maker on the inside. Oh, uh, yeah. Caceres in Dublin. Unbelievable. Dan Dibley here. Squirt. Right next to Hooters, by the way, in Dublin. <laughs> yes. That was great. Dan Dibley and you were always here. very Squirt. generous. Come for the wings. Time. Stay for the schwing. That was one of my taglines. Not bad. Yeah, thank you. Shot wins I had a couple of other ones. But, Anybody uh, that, that that hates me can blame you because it was a phone call to you when I was living in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to meet it. I said, Dibs, what do I do? You said, hey, keep grinding. Wherever you can get your foot in the door, get your foot in the door. Prompted my move home and I got a foot in the door. I love it. The Diver coaching tree, Kyle Madsen, uh, has borne fruit. The Road to Glendale brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together and tune into Warriors Live on 95.7 The Game presented by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. We go inside the 49er practice sessions with Cam Inman next. It's Willard and Dibs. Kyle in for Mark on 95.7 The Game. Kyle runs the show. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.